0: about hope, about hope. You know, my question on the last two Sundays was, was this. What do we have if we lose just about everything else? If just about everything else starts to crumble apart, what's left? Well, what's left is what can't be shaken. Yeah, that's what Hebrews says. What you have left when everything else is shaken apart is what can't be shaken. It's the kingdom of God. It's Christ himself. It's our relationships. And so, just again to remind you, we have these relationships, the Lord, our rock, our Savior, our God, one another, fellowship with one another as brothers and sisters. And if we can't do it in person, we can do it by all sorts of things, including WhatsApp. And, uh, (laughs) you know, no one uses FaceTime anymore on our fancy phones because WhatsApp does it. Um, and family and friends, and those two aren't in any, those two, second and third, aren't in any order. They work at the same time. Family and friends, one another, because church is another kind of family, isn't it? We have relationships. And we have what makes those relationships work. Faith, hope, and love. Now remain faith, hope, and love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. While love is the greatest, the other two matter too, faith and hope. And in the context of 1 Corinthians 13, those three things, faith, hope, and love, are what we have now until then comes. We don't yet inherit the full kingdom of God. You and I are still mixture, all right? Um, you don't have to agree with me. I know I am, okay? <laughs> but just have a check on yourself for a moment. You're, there's, there's still all kinds of stuff working around you. Know? you're still living in the flesh, you're still living in the human nature and the human body, and you're still wrestling with some things and having to fight some of the things and bring some of the things under under the discipline and obedience of faith. We live with mixture. But one day we will be liberated from every scrap of sin and evil and wickedness. Not only just in the rest of the world, but in us too. Let me put that down there. (laughs) Uh, So we live in now, and then will come. But right now we still have these three things. Faith, hope and love. Today I'm going to talk about hope. I like that picture. Let me tell you what hope is not. Hope is not just wishing. We say we hope for this and that. We use the word almost equivalent to wish. I hope that you're well means I, I wish you well. You know? uh, often if we encourage someone, you know, don't worry, you're going to do okay in your exam or you know, your interview, oh, I do hope so, meaning you know, that's their wish. And hope is not mere optimism, or or even positive thinking and positive speaking. And by the way, those two positive things came in early last century, early 20th century, early 1900s, from a pagan movement, from a a humanist movement, not from Christianity. Um, Something will turn out, you know, or people quote these things and think they come from the Bible. All good things come to those who wait. Check it out, that is not in the Bible. That is just human optimism. Okay. What the scriptures say about hope is much firmer and stronger than those ideas. One scripture, which we'll come to in a few minutes, describes that hope as being like an anchor, which holds us, just as an anchor holds us. It holds a boat in its place. Wishing does not anchor you like that. Thought the young people going out. (laughs) <laughs> sorry, <laughs> this is a whole new routine, and I'm thinking, they're listening to me, and then we're going to go for that all together, okay. Uh, wishing doesn't anchor you. Optimism doesn't anchor you. But hope, biblical hope, hope in God, anchors you. And just as mercy and grace are connected, but they're not the same, they're not synonymous, so faith and hope are very much connected in Scripture, but they're not the same. Faith and hope are slightly different. But the original words that we get faith and hope from in our English versions are uh, relate to confidence, expectation, to stay, to wait, to hold firm. Let me give you a picture of this. That's the, the father looking for his lost son in Luke 15. Remember the parable we commonly call the prodigal son? The son left his father, took family money, and went far away. He was lost. And in the context, really, of the parable, it would be better if we called it the lost son rather than the prodigal son. The father was waiting and looking for his lost son. Eventually, the son made his way back. But when the son was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion on him and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. That tells us that the father was watching and hoping to see his son. If he didn't hope, he wouldn't have watched. He had not given up on seeing his son again. Now, this is my imagination on Scripture. Okay, but I imagine that when that father woke up in the morning and opened the shutters, he looked. And when he was out working in the fields in the daytime, he looked. And when he went indoors at sundown and before he closed the shutters again, he looked. One day, as he looked, he saw his son and he ran to meet him. That gives us a picture of hope. Hope looks to see what is not now seen. So in a sense, hope is faith projected into the future. I'm trusting God for the future, which I can't even predict, though people try. It's a foolish endeavor. All right? You can't predict tomorrow, let alone a year and five years or whatever from now. Who could have predicted COVID? Faith, hope is faith projected into the future. Firstly, to the end of time, we have this living hope. Jesus, uh, Jesus rested in death in hope of his resurrection by the Father. He committed himself in hope to the Father, when in Father, in your hands, I commit my spirit. That was a statement of hope for his resurrection. And we live. And look forward to the day of our resurrection when the then comes, when everything becomes good and great and holy and true and wonderful. Our final hope in Jesus is that we will receive full and final redemption, cleansed and freed from sin, including renewed whole bodies. Full and final honor and glory and even reward. Full and final justice and vindication. The Lord will judge the world for the way it has treated the people of Christ. Our final hope is our arrival in His presence, our acceptance by Him, and even to receive His approval. But we live in now. And some of our promised inheritance is then, a time still ahead of us. It's often been said that we live in the now and not yet of the kingdom of God. Some is now, some is still to come. We can experience some of His kingdom now, but not all, not fully. It will take glorified human beings in resurrected bodies to enter into the complete kingdom of God. But we also have hope now in this time. Now, if I may tell you a bit of a personal story. When my dad taught me to drive, he insisted that a driver needs to look and look and look again. He taught me by asking questions as I was driving, he would say to me just casually, what's happening right at the end of the road ahead of you? What's happening in the middle distance, just a car or two ahead of you? What's happening on your left-hand side? What's happening on your right-hand side? What's happening behind you? Look in your mirror. And you get into the routine of looking, 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 looking. Being aware. Anticipating trouble ahead. So you see the accident. You're avoiding it before you get even near it. Because you've looked ahead. What can you see ahead? The Christian looks with hope not just at the end of all things, but at the middle, the nearer distance too. The nearer middle distance. We have hope for this life and for beyond this life. But the hope isn't fixed on an object or an outcome. I hope for this, and I'm going to prophesy that to happen. I'm going to decree and declare it, that this is going to happen. Our hope is in the Lord. Our hope is in the Lord. He is the way maker. He is the one who brings things about. He makes our way for us and prepares the events of our lives ahead of time. Remember the biblical definition of what it is to be lost. It's in Ephesians 2. Remember that at that time you were without Christ. That's outside Christ. You were aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise. Listen to this. Having no hope and without God in this world. That's a dreadful statement, isn't it? Having no hope and being without God in this world during this messed up time. Turn that around. If we have Christ, if we belong to Him and are joined to Him through faith, then even in this world of mess, we have God and we have hope. Our hope is not in the world. It's not in some invisible universal force. It's in God. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. His person and His promises, His character and His covenant... We believe His Word and trust in His goodness. I'm going to do you a couple of my favorite scriptures because we're preaching shorter these Sunday mornings. Uh, I can't give you lots of scriptures, and that's a pointer to call him when he comes his turn to. We, we just have to do a few. So I, I go to my favorites, I go to my go-tos. This is one of my go-tos. Listen to this, Psalm 27, verse 13. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of Of the living. That, my friends, is as good a definition of hope as you can get. I am believing to see God's goodness. Now, clearly, the, the, the guy who wrote the psalm wasn't seeing that now. He was in a difficult situation and he would have given up, but he believed that God's goodness laid ahead. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Well, actually, they're anticipating you, God's working ahead of you. We're to treat our doubts and despondency with being encouraged in the Lord, waiting on Him, pouring out our hearts to Him. If it feels bad, tell Him what it feels like. So that we gather again to ourselves assurance and confidence in Him and an expectation of Him. We are confident in His future goodness. We believe we will see the goodness of the Lord in this life, in this land. Hope anticipates the future grace and mercy of God, His goodness towards us. I want to talk to you about maintaining hope. Talked about looking. Hope is really about vision, not necessarily having a prophetic vision or dream experience, but looking ahead and looking with faith. As we now another driving illustration. As you drive, sometimes even on a rainless day, you have to use the wash and wipe. Why is that? Because the screen's getting dirty just the dust and the dirt of the road, you've got to wipe the dirt away so you can see. Listen, we get all kinds of stuff thrown at us every day of our lives, all kinds of mucky stuff, and I don't just mean, you know, it's, it's offensive or whatever, just all, all kinds of nonsense. We need to be washed clean, and I'm thinking particularly about how you see you know, our vision, our clear vision of God's goodness being laid up for ahead of us, even in this life, gets blurred by the mess that we're dealing with. Our view gets obscured slowly, incrementally, sometimes. But we come to a point where we realize, "I'm not, I'm not getting this. I'm not, I've, I've, I've lost it. I've lost focus." What do you do at that point? You just stop, and you refocus, you recharge, you reset. We need to wipe the dust from our eyes and look ahead believingly in God, trusting in Him, hoping in His goodness. You find people in the Scripture doing exactly that, stopping, adjusting. Here's David, three times in two charms, David says this, Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God. Sorry, I don't want that one yet. Hope in God. He's lecturing himself, preaching to himself. You want to learn to preach? Preach to yourself. Start there. Why are you going through? Why are you thinking like this? Why are you feeling like this? Hope in God. Paul writes about his experiences and says there were times he almost gave up hope of life. But he chose hope in God over despair. And it's, my friends, it's a choice we make. We need to choose hope rather than than doubt and despair to endure during this time particularly. Now I'll give you another one of my favorite scriptures. It's from Micah 7 verse 8. Let me read it from verse 7. Therefore I will look to the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. Then there's this wonderful declaration. Do not rejoice over me, my enemy. When I fall, I will arise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light. It's not good right now, but I am believing to see God's goodness. Yes? That's the confession of hope. It may be dark now, but the Lord will give me light. Hope in God. Should be perhaps something we say to ourselves personally, more even to one another, you know? Hope in God. Much more often, what the world calls hopeless we answer with hope in God. He will help us. He will bring us through. He'll be our provider and protector. He's our God and we're His people. That's the confession of hope. Hope doesn't look, hook onto something. It hooks into someone. Our God. Now listen, what's, sorry, what, what's this? This is a poster that the Guardian have on sale at the moment. Work from, and they've dropped out the M, and put in P. Work from hope. I like that. But they seem to be saying that it's science and medicine, because you can see it's a medical person. They seem to be saying that science and medicine will come through for us. Well, it might do. But in the meantime, do you know what I'm trusting? (laughs) Yes. Hope is how we are to live. We're to stay in it, keep going at it, not give up on it. Stand firm in faith. Stand firm in hope. Keep hold of confidence in God. When you become less confident in God, stop, adjust, refocus. Ask the Holy Spirit to bring back scriptures to your mind so you you center again. You preach to yourself about the goodness of God and you've got a track of it in your past. You know how God has led you all these years and how he's been good to you, but you fix that hope in the future. He will continue to do that because he doesn't give up on you even when you give up in moments of difficulty and despair. Hope is part of our armor. In the armor of God in Ephesians 6, I think it is the helmet, there is the helmet of salvation, but in 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 8, Paul talks about it as being the hope of salvation, the helmet of the hope of salvation. You've got to keep thinking about, not positive thinking about the future, but thinking about who God is to you, and that he's not giving up on you. They're going to carry you through this thing. And so helmet, the way we think matters. We need to arm ourselves with thoughts about the salvation and grace and future of God. Faith is our shield or breastplate and hope is our helmet and we need both. If we're to endure and overcome the trials of this life, we need to those that armor. We guard our hearts and our heads from unbelieving thoughts and mixed mixed reactions and emotions. They need to be handled with faith and hope. And by the way, our weapons then are the Word of God and believing prayer. Hope is our armor. But lastly, hope is our anchor. And here's the scripture. By the way, all over the UK there are pubs called the Hope and Anchor. Have you ever noticed them? Hope and Anchor. It comes from scripture. (laughs) Isn't that strange? All those pubs named after a scripture. It says here in Hebrews 6, verse 13 and onwards, that God has sworn by heaven, I'm paraphrasing, God has sworn by heaven and earth and by himself that he will not break his covenant of grace made with us by his son Jesus. This should give us strong encouragement. God will not break his promise. He will not break his covenant. We've taken hold of this hope of God being faithful, of God continuing His covenant love towards us. We've taken hold of this faith firmly, and it's like an anchor in heaven. We're anchored to heaven by hope in this promise of God. This hope is like an anchor for us. This hope is not on a seabed, it's in heaven, in the presence of the Most High, where Jesus lives and reigns and intercedes for us. That's where our hope is anchored. Hope in God, and this hope itself becomes an anchor. There's a phrase you've heard many times. People claim it as theirs, but the person who I think who coined it was a lady called Christine Ch- Kane, a Christian writer and speaker, a lady called Christine Kane. Your history does not need to define your destiny. What you've endured, what you're going through now, need not define what's future. That's what hope is about. My future days are in the Lord's hands, and he has good laid up for his children. It's true if you'll trust in Jesus. He is your history breaker and destiny maker. Do you have this hope, this anchor? In the living Lord Jesus, the fixed point in your life. You see that fixed point, the center, as we sang earlier. Good songs, thank you, Kamal. Good songs this morning. Whatever, uh, Whatever the circumstances you're in, you've got an anchor, you've got a center, you have a rock. Ask him today, if you never had before, to be your saviour and your master. Submit yourself to him, to be led in faith, obedience, hope, and endurance. Now to finish this out before we break bread, I'm going to quote to you three scriptures from Romans. Hope is a big thing. Hope gets mentioned two-thirds of the times that faith does. Why do we make so little of it? We discover that we need it more now than ever work from hope. Romans 5, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we've accessed by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. The future for a Christian is always better than now. And not only that, we also glory in tribulations. That's an old English word that just means trouble. Troubles. Knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. You keep going. Perseverance produces character. Changes who you are. And character produces hope. Now, interestingly, that hope is the outcome of going through things. It's hope. It's, it, it's enduring trials that strengthens faith and hope. We, don't, we want to have the faith and hope without going through the trials. But actually, in Scripture, faith is tempered and tested and strengthened and hope increases through times of trial. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who's been given to, given to us. Now, as Paul's ending his letter, chapter 12, let love be without hypocrisy. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another in brotherly love, in honor giving preference to one another, not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope. The future, future grace. Patient in tribulation, troubles. Continuing steadfastly in prayer. Distributing the needs of the saints given to hospitality. Lastly, this scripture. You can't see the rest of it because that highlights just the two key words. Romans 15, verse 13. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Do not undervalue, do not underestimate how big a thing hope is, how much you need to keep hold of it. Work in it and from it, believing you will see God's goodness. Even though today is not as dark as you wish it was, there is light ahead of you in the covenant mercy of God. Amen? Amen. Amen. Before I pray, let me just explain to you. If you're at home on live stream, nip into the kitchen for a minute, get a cracker or a piece of bread and something to drink. All right? Uh, because we're going to break bread together. So in a few minutes in this hall, some of our friends will come and serve you, and they'll do it in this way. They'll be wearing a mask or a visor and gloves, and the the crackers will be dropped. If you hold out your open hand, they will drop a piece of the bread, the cracker, into your hand from just a few centimeters, all right? So, that, you know, it just touches your hand. And the... the Cups are disposable. They are spaced out in the trays, so you can, you touch one, and you're not touching someone else's. So they are. You take a, a cup, the plastic cups, and when we've done, someone will come around with a plastic with a bin and collect those, and we will throw them away because they're plastic disposables. so we're not having to handle them again. So we're being safe and secure on these issues as well. But we want you to engage with us as we break bread together today, uh, both here and if you're watching online.